podcasting from the JNK Twin Studios. This is the show for Reds fans, by Reds fans. Each week, we take a look at the games, the players, and the stories of Cincinnati Reds baseball. Now, your hosts, Scott Evans and Nick Lawson. And we are back. Two shows in the row for the first time since April. I'm Scott Evans. He is Nick Lawson. And this is the Reds Fans Chatter Podcast, a podcast where we look at the stuff going on in Reds baseball and baseball in general from a fan's point of view. What's going on, man? I'm just happy to be here. And then on this show, uh, we'll be talking about uh, some of the moves the Reds have made so far this offseason. We'll be talking with uh, Nate Miller from Last Word on Sports uh, because the Reds made a trade with the Texas Rangers. And... uh, Pete Rose is back in the news and uh, much, much more. And the Reds made some moves, both adding and subtracting from the 40-man roster. And uh, we'll break that down as well. And I am ready for baseball. This weather sucks. I'm right there with you, man. This cold (laughs) weather can go away any day now. Absolutely. Of course, uh, speaking of which, cold weather always means uh, one thing. Reds Fest is coming back December 4th. Second and third Duke Energy Convention Center. Uh, right now, it's still only Joey Votto, 100% confirmed uh, for the uh, major leaguers attending. He's going to be a busy guy all day. <laughs> but uh, no, the, the, uh, Jonathan India will likely be there. I, I don't understand how they're g- selling elite passes uh, for players that have not confirmed yet. I think it's a way to get people to pay attention. That and, you know, they do the same thing that wrestling does. Cards subject to change. Yeah, after after the moves we saw here recently, uh, yeah, it's changed. Yeah, it's definitely changed. And, you know, the, the worst Reds Fest subject to change had to have been uh, Billy Hamilton getting released on the first day of Reds Fest as it was going. And he was either in an autograph session or getting ready to go to one. Yeah, you hate to be that guy that looks forward to doing it, and then all of a sudden, poof, you're gone. It sucks. But yeah, so far, uh, players and staff appearing, I don't think has changed since last week. And the Reds made a uh, trade in the offseason with the Rangers, trading for Nick Solak. And uh, joining us on the phone is uh, Nate Miller from Last Word on Sports. He covers the Rangers for them. How's it going, man? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. Excited for baseball. I mean, I, I know the World Series was only over with a couple months ago, but it, it like turned cold all of a sudden, at least uh, here in Cincinnati. And I, I'm ready right. for baseball again. <laughs> I am too, even though it's a little bit warmer down here in Texas. <laughs> right. So I, I guess first, uh, tell me what do you think about the Rangers in their offseason? Uh you know, we, we focus primarily on the Reds from a fan's point of view, but uh, kind of curious about the American League and uh, and the Rangers, where they stand. Are they rebuilding? Are they uh, going to be contending? Um, it's uh, <laughs> It kind of seems like a little bit of both, really. I mean, they're, uh, they've really uh, kind of upped their pitching a little bit. They got Jake Odorizzi, and they just re-signed Martin Perez to a uh, one-year deal today. He took the qualifying offer, so he gets a raise of about oh, 
15 million dollars <laughs> to stay on for another year and um as you said they traded Nick Solak to the Reds got cash for him and uh I think they're going to be using that to get more pitch- pitching to be honest with you <laughs> so uh I I take it was pitching like their biggest need in the off season yes it, I I think it was um last year they spent over half a billion dollars that's billion with a b they spent over half a billion dollars on offense. They got Corey Seager. They got Marcus Simeon. And um, those two guys, I mean, they started off slow, but, you know, they kind of ranted up, you know, after the All-Star break. And uh, But they they really didn't go after any pitching last year. Uh, so I think that's what they're doing this year. How are uh, – how was uh, uh, Nick Zolak as far as uh, with the fans and um... – and kind of what's the reaction from Rangers fans? You know, I think um, it's sort of bittersweet. We're going to miss him. Uh, the fans are going to miss him. But, you know, fans kind of realize he just didn't get a lot of opportunities to play here, especially when uh, Semyon and uh, Seeger showed up. So he was hitting – he finished the season hitting 207, I believe it was. And uh, he just – he didn't get a whole lot done. And it's hard to be productive when you just don't get a chance to play. I mean, he was playing maybe two days a week, tops. And uh, I think he's going to get a lot more playing time there in Cincinnati. So what type of player are we going to get uh, get to see on the uh, on the Reds? You're going to get a guy who can play multiple positions. He plays second base. He plays, I think, all outfield positions. And, uh, you know, he doesn't have, you know, a – real power bat but he can uh hit for average uh he's got some, a little bit of speed and uh he's just a good all-around player uh he's not going to blow you away with stats but you know he uh he puts he puts forth effort whenever he gets the chance and as i mentioned earlier he just didn't get a, much of a chance here right and with the reds uh rebuild last year a lot of trading away a lot of players they went from having like a, too many outfielders not all of them performed well so really not having enough. So it's, it kind of sounds like he may fit that fourth or fifth outfielder role that uh, guys like Tyler Naquin and uh, Brandon Drury. What, are the Rangers looking at Jacob DeGrom? Yes, they are. In fact, we're kind of looking at each other. Um, I was, uh, to my knowledge, Jacob DeGrom informed the Rangers that he was very interested in signing uh, here. In fact, uh, I think he was spotted looking at homes uh, near the Arlington area. So we'll see what happens there. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Rangers definitely sound like they're going to be wanting to take on uh, uh, Houston next year in the yes. Uh, division. <laughs> yes, we need to, we need to do that. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we will see the Rangers in, in April here in Cincinnati, by the way. Nice. Okay. That'd be cool. Uh, to my knowledge, they didn't, they didn't play each other each other in 2022, did they? Not at all. And no. it's been a couple of years since we played the West. Of course, now baseball is going to everybody playing everybody, and I kind of like it. Yeah, I, yeah. I oh, I. I mean, it's nice to see guys that you you never really see. Right. I, the, the Yankees are coming to town to Cincinnati next year, so that's going to be a big and a weekend series at that. So that's going to. Mm-hmm. Probably be the only, other than opening day, the only series that sells out here. 
but right. see, seeing the Rangers play, I remember uh, one of my favorite moments, uh, Reds versus Rangers, it's probably 2006, 2005. Uh, it, it's really when the shift first started uh, coming into play and the Reds, uh, Adam Dunn was up, the, the Rangers put on a huge shift on Dunn and mm-hmm. he popped it up, landed right behind third base, got a single out of it, which I absolutely loved. <laughs> Haven't heard of Adam's Dun- Adam Dunn's name in quite a while. <laughs> he was one of my favorite players, but uh, I'm, what do you think right. about the shift going away? Uh, uh, just kind of a, some general baseball for next year, some you know, of the world changes. It puts the guesswork back into in, into the game. I mean, you know, it kind of makes you think a little bit as as an infielder and uh, as as a hitter, for that matter. I mean, you know, you got guys that were used to seeing the shifts. I mean, Joey Gallo, for crying out loud. <laughs> you had guys that were used to seeing the shift, and now it, they're going to go back to how you would normally see them, you know, 10, 20 years ago. And so I think – Players are just going to have to adjust to that, and I, I think it'll kind of bring some of that uh, aspect to, into the game as well. You know, this isn't a game. Uh, this isn't a game of adjustments, and uh, we'll see that more and more. Absolutely. Joey Gallo Joey made about three hundred now. <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, thanks for joining us tonight, Nate. And uh, where can people find your work, uh, your articles that you write? Yeah, um, they can uh, find my articles at la- uh, lastwordonbaseball.com. Um, it's sort of like, uh, you know, when you go to the homepage, there's a drop-down drop menu, and it's by division. So if you go to AL West, you click on Texas Rangers, and you'll find all of my articles. Awesome, man. I'm sure you're on social media, Twitter, Facebook. Yes. Um, Twitter, uh, LWOS. Uh, yeah, L W O S Nate M eighty six. Awesome. We'll, we'll we'll link that up on our uh, social media and in the uh, show notes. But thank you, thank you so much for uh, sharing uh, sharing your thoughts on the trade and uh, and letting us know what kind what we can expect from uh, Nick uh, next season. My pleasure. Thanks, Nate. And Reds Fest coming back December first or December second and third. Uh, like we were talking about earlier, Joey Votto, the only major leaguer uh, to be on the list. Uh, but joining him, alumni. Last week it was Marty. We have yeah, more well. names, including one that's kind of surprising. Here we go. Billy Dorn. That's not the surprise. Yeah, I, th- I think he's been there before. Raleigh Eastwick. Tommy Helms. Tom Hume, Corky Miller, Joe Oliver, Mario Soto's back at Reds Fest this year. Scott Williamson, really cool guy. Uh, if you've never had a chance to meet him, uh, definitely would recommend that. And Dave Miley. Wow. It's the last time we heard of that name. <laughs> you know, every year I see someone in the stadium wearing a Dave Miley jersey. That's not Dave Miley. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, oh, we have coaches too. Really? There's coaches that didn't get fired. All right. You know, a, a couple of these names <laughs> I don't recognize. I don't know if we somehow missed, uh, <laughs> missed some hires by the Reds. 
uh, Kyle Arnsberg, and Joel McKeithen. Don't know who they are, but welcome to RestFest. And <laughs> David Bell's going to be there. Freddie Benavides, J.R. House, Derek Johnson, and Jeff Pickler. Now those are the norms. Yeah, the, the broadcasters haven't changed. They were there from the beginning. Uh, minor leaguers, Andrew Abbott, Jay Allen, Edwin Arroyo, Joe Boyle, Tyler Callahan, Cam Collier, Ellie De La Cruz, Christian Encarnacion Strand, Austin Hendrick, Reese Hines, TJ Hopkins, Ricky Karcher, uh, Noel, Noel, I'm going to butcher this name. Novi Marte. Thank you. Well, we have his name coming up a little bit later, too, I think. Alex McGarry, Matt McClain, Connor Phillips, Christian Roa, Sal Stewart, Levi Stout, and Brandon Williamson. So a lot of a lot of big prospects and Joey Votto at Reds Fest this year. I think Ellie De La Cruz will have a big line of fans waiting for him. Yes. And it's only going to, if he keeps performing the way he does when he gets to the majors, it's only going to get bigger. So if you get a chance at Reds Fest, I, I definitely take that opportunity. I honestly, I'm surprised the Reds didn't make him one of the elite pass, um, uh, signers. Uh, he, the, the dude is very multi-talented. He had a great year in the minors. I I think we'll see him in the majors this year at some point. Yeah, I, I can't imagine him not. I mean, honestly, I would I would fast track him on opening day, but I'm not the one writing the checks. Yeah, I think he's going to be a AAA in 2023. He's probably going to yeah, kill it. The, 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 the Reds like doing the, – the Reds rarely like skipping AA to uh, the majors. Yeah, we found out with Jose Barrero that that was a bad idea. Yeah, sometimes it's a good idea, though. Ken Griffey Jr. comes to mind. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the guys that went from high school to majors, John Olerud. Yeah, so. But, uh, yeah, at Reds Fest is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the, here's my question for Reds Fest, and I don't want to get too far into this. Will Phil Castellini make it out without getting booed out of the building? No. That's a, that's a quick no. <laughs> that's a quick. I mean, I, at some point he's going to have to address the fans, but that's going to the very first Reds Fest since uh, COVID. I don't think it would almost be nice if, if he just stayed in the office someplace. He, he has more heat than Roger Goodell. I, I, I mean, Bob's going to get a little bit of it, but Bob didn't say anything stupid. Not yet. <laughs> no, he. You know, he <laughs> true give it time uh but uh but yeah reds fest always a good time and try not to boo boo too much uh uh phil castellini i i I don't have as much sympathy for him but i I remember one one year jj hoover was doing like every single photo and autograph session and then when his name got announced uh some reds fans were booing him uh, the off season for players. This is a time to connect with them. If they even even if Robert Stevenson showed up, I would not boo him. I throw tomatoes at him. <laughs> no, no, not at red. Not at red. Red. I'm not. Con- I'm not condoning that. Do not do that. But now, Reds Reds Fest is a is a time to put away put all of that stuff to the side. At least at least for any players that had a bad year, uh, and you know. 
hopefully get optimistic for next year. That's kind of what this podcast is about. Uh, not ready to be optimistic yet. Uh, we'll get into that uh, after when it gets closer to spring training. But, uh, but yeah, Red Fest, always an optimistic time, a lot of fun. Uh, definitely uh, head there if you can. Uh, it's going to be a fun weekend of baseball. And speaking of fun weekends of baseball, the Reds made some moves today. That they did. Uh, do you want to start with who they add? I guess before you, you you can add, you have to take away. So the Reds designated for assignment the following players. Art Warren, who I believe was injured anyway. No big loss. Uh, Jared Solomon. Didn't see a whole lot of him this season. Uh, Derek Law, no big surprise there. I don't even remember this guy, Cal Doty or Doughty. He, he, made, about, he made about three appearances, something like that. Uh, Jeff Hoffman, uh, kind of, he played, he actually pitched really well last year, but kind of faded off towards the end. And, you know, I think he was going to be a third year arbitration player. So his salary was going to go up and I I think you can find the same production from, uh, a much cheaper player or even him himself coming back on a cheaper contract. I mean, you still have Buck Farmer, and I think he he actually started to get better down the down the road there. So I right, think and and TJ Antone's coming back. So, yeah. uh, and this one a little bit of a surprise, but uh, not really. Aristides Aquino, the Punisher, has been designated for assignment for like the twenty eighth time. Yes, <laughs> that's true. He was DFA during the uh, season at least once, if not twice. I think he was designated for assignment three times. Was he really? I think so. Yeah, it was a weird year because baseball changed the rules because of COVID and bringing people up and down, plus the new collective bargaining agreement. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Aristides Aquino, the Punisher, is off the 40-man. And the reason is the Reds had to protect players from the Rule 5 draft. And, you know, when you add a bunch of players like the Reds did last year at the trade deadline, you don't want to lose them to the Rule 5 draft. That would be incredibly stupid. Yeah, because the, the guys you're protecting is your future of your team. Right. So the Reds added to the 40-man roster today. Uh, Ricky Karcher, who I don't believe was part of any of the trades last year. Don't know much about him. Uh, he's a right-handed pitcher. Uh, another right-handed pitcher, Lion Richardson. Uh, right-hander pitcher that was picked up in some of the trades, Levi Stout. Left-handed pitcher, Brandon Williamson. And then, of course, the uh, two big uh, players, one in a trade, one was part of the Reds organization from the start, uh, Novelli Marte and Eli De La Cruz, who I cannot wait to see play. He, he, he's explosive. I, I'm looking forward to seeing him play. I, I think if he, if he does what he did last year again this year and does it in the major league level, he is going to be a guy that potentially could sell tickets just just to see him play. Well, him and 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 Nove Marte, Marte's a phenomenal player. Yeah, I think he kind of falls under the radar just because he was kind of new here, and you know, Daylight Cruz got all the uh, all of the press and the hype. Yeah, Marte came out of that Seattle system, and they had high. He was one of their top prospects, and now he's here. Who knows, man? That guy's been having a great winter ball league. Absolutely. So I'm kind of excited for that. Um, you, you know, this is kind of the hope part of the season with some of these uh, prospects and maybe rookies next year. 
you don't want to rush them. Uh, we've seen that, but when it's their time, it's their time. Uh, it, it's why I hope the Reds. Uh, I, I think they did add a pitcher on a small trade this this year, kind of a minor league deal. Nothing, nothing really to to make uh, b- big deals, but like the trade for Solak, I, I like that move just because, uh, like we were talking about, the Reds need a fourth or fifth uh, outfielder, especially after they traded away Tyler Naquin and Brandon Drury last year. Um, and, you know, you never know what's going to happen with Nick Senzel. He could, <laughs> Solak could outplay Nick Senzel. Uh, Senzel started to turn it on a little bit last year, then the injury bug bit him again. His injuries are always where he's going 100% uh, playing hard, but uh, it, it still sucks for him. He's never really gotten a chance to get into a groove uh, with the Reds just because of injuries and playing time. I, I think so with Senzel, his time is running out, so I think he needs to – he knows he has something to prove still. He's got to stay injury-free. That's his problem. Right. And then, so, I mean – you know, one thing about this offseason, the Reds have been active. Uh, like we talked with Nate earlier, the Rangers have been active. It, it, it's a much more exciting offseason this year than last year. I mean, last year had a flurry of activity right before uh, the strike deadline. and then, But, you know, right before that, there was nothing, nothing, nothing. And, and this year, uh, unlike the last few years, it, it seems like teams are being much more active for whatever reason. I think because of the lockout, the lockout last year kind of froze in any transactions. Right. And then you and had, now, and you had COVID coming off the year before. Right. right. And, and now I think teams are just, they're anxious to get out there and, and, and add to their teams. Well, I guess I think the other part of it is you had agents like Scott Boris that he waits the market out and it used to be teams wouldn't make the next move until the first big domino fell and, you know, I think there's some teams, especially ones that are either looking to rebuild or take that next step like the Reds or teams uh, like the Rangers that are wanting to see if they can contend with like the Astros uh, in their division. Uh, I, I think part of it is they want to go ahead and make the moves now, uh, set it up to where if they do land a player like uh, DeGrom going to the Rangers, uh, they have everything else around there to where that's going to be a contending team. Uh, the Reds are not there yet, so... We are definitely not saying the Reds are going to be uh, after any major free agents like DeGrom or anyone else. But, uh, you know, the, this is a this is off season for the Reds. I think they need to get better just just to show some uh, support and that they're not going to be tanking year after year like the uh, previous rebuild. And, and going over the Rangers for a second, if they do get DeGrom, they could build around DeGrom. They have a, a foundation to build around, and that's what they need to do. And the Reds have the young players. Yeah, I mean the foundation isn't there yet, but the but it it very well could be in two in next year or 2024, 2025, uh the Reds could have a very good foundation. I mean, unfortunately Joey Votto probably won't be here in 2025. <laughs> he might be here in 2024. Uh, we'll have to wait and see how he does this year coming off crazy surgery. Uh uh, we didn't even really talk much about that injury, but uh, Joey Votto having playing since 2015 
with a partially torn rotator cuff is just incredible considering he should have been the MVP in 2017 and, uh, you know, had a comeback season in 2021. Uh, that's just crazy. And, and, and a torn bicep that he didn't even know about until they started looking at his arm for the uh, rotator cuff. That's crazy. I mean, the rotator cuff, it, it hurts. And he has to throw with that arm. Throw with it and hits. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Votto gets a lot of uh, from some people about you know he doesn't hit for power. He walks, but he had almost he had a crazy number of home runs in 2017 without looking it up. It was close to 40 because that season, if it wasn't for Stanton hitting uh, over 50 home runs, uh, Votto would have got the MVP. Yeah, it's insane to know that he had that rotator cuff injury and then still went out there and, and had MVP numbers. It's incredible. Right. It's amazing. So, um, hopefully, I mean, if he comes back and hits and hits like normal Joey Votto minus the speed, because he has no speed whatsoever. No, no, he runs like I do. And I'm 47. Yeah. I mean, he, he used to have some speed, but now that he's approaching 40, I completely understand. Uh, he's, uh, he is definitely uh, not uh, going to be leading the league in uh, stolen bases. Not that he ever was, but he uh, he um, he has to run smarter, not faster this time. And Jr. House needs to learn that as well on sending him. Yeah, yeah. Don't send him on a pop up. No, that's not a good idea. <laughs> Which happened, I think, multiple times the last couple of seasons. Hey, he's not Billy Hamilton. He's not gonna. He's not gonna make it. Right. So, uh, but yeah. So next year, Reds. Uh, it's going to be a different team. Hopefully, hopefully much different and better results. It's going to be tough to be worse. So the bar set pretty low. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you can win more than you won this year, you're, it's an improvement. You're getting there. Yeah. Play as a team. Play as a team. That's all you got to do. So, uh, other news, uh, off the field and from former Reds players, we'll start with, uh, the latest development, uh, Yasiel Puig arrested or, uh, pled guilty, uh, to tax tax charges in relation to gambling that he was doing with an illegal bookie, another former major league baseball. This thing has scandal written all over it, uh, beyond Yasiel Puig. Now, uh, from all reports, uh, from the inquiry is that Yasiel Puig was not betting on baseball but other sports and was not reporting it because he was not doing it through legal means. Can you say stupid? Well, and on top of it, when the feds came to ask him questions about it, he lied, which is the number one way to get in trouble with the feds. Even more stupid because the, the feds already know the answer before they ask you the question. It's true. I, I think Mike Brown beat the feds in tax court Vince McMahon, uh, the wrestling guy, uh, former wrestling CEO of WWE, he beat the feds on uh, much more serious charges. But very few people beat the fed, federal government when they come after you on charges. They usually don't come to that point unless they are 99% sure they'll win in court. So, uh, And Puig, uh, yeah, he, he wasn't too smart. I mean, Pete... Pete Rose, who we'll talk about in a second, that's what he got in trouble for, too, was uh, tax evasion on his illegal bets. Yeah, and he went to jail for it. He did. Uh, you know, 
Puig pled guilty, so maybe he there's some thoughts that he won't see jail time, but uh, the feds usually don't give uh, get-out-of-jail-free cards. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, he'll definitely have to pay it back. I guarantee he'll get the full $50,000 fine. I have no doubt. He's uh, he signed to play in Korea. So that, that could probably jeopardize that. So, yeah, completely stupid. Uh, and unfortunately, with the expansion of, of sports gambling, which I'm not against, I, I can just see some more of this happening, even though it, it'll it be legal. So the tax part shouldn't, but I, I still, it, it, it's still crazy that there's going to be a sports book in GABP next year for, to bet on baseball games while you're in stadium. Yeah, it'll be weird to know that it's there. I don't, I don't gamble myself, but yeah. Yeah, well... Um, speaking of gambling, I am going to do one thing next year. That's going to pit the, the, the world might explode, but, uh, I do not have very good luck with gambling, so I don't gamble. So I am going to put a, the minimum bet every game for the reds to lose. So one of two things is going to happen. The reds are either going to go 162 and Oh, or I will finally actually make money on betting. You may break even. <laughs> hey, that, that would be 81 and 81. That would be a huge yeah. improvement. So the forces of nature, the reds and their rebuild versus my gambling luck. 81 and 81. I'd take that. Absolutely. We are not predicting that by the way, no, we're no. not predicting Owen 162 and we're not predicting 162 and Oh, it's just, it's just kind of a joke. Um, for those that don't understand humor. There's plenty out there. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, the other thing in the news this week, Pete Rose uh, wrote another letter to Rob Manford. We're not going to read the entire thing. Basically, uh, this is the closest Rose has actually gotten to say, I screwed up. Please forgive me uh, without any money being attached to it. I still don't think it's going to be enough for baseball to change their mind. About Pete Rose, I do think he should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I, I I don't care uh, about the off-field stuff because if you start applying the morality to every player that's ever played the game, you're going to have to be taking down a lot of statues and uh, plaques that are inside that Hall of Fame because there are some people that had very poor characters, including Ty Cobb, who, uh, of course, uh, Pete beat his uh, hit record. Well, Ty Cobb had an you know, off-field altercation. Well, actually, no. He had a, he had a altercation in the stands. He beat up a cripple. So no, no, nobody looks at that and goes, oh, he should be in, not be in the Hall of Fame. Well, right. yeah, he's, he's there. Pete should be there because he he's the hit king. Right. It, it's, it, it's, he needs to be there. Barry, Barry Bond should be there. I, I know there's the PED scandal. He was never suspended by baseball for it. Um, Same for Roger Clemens. Same with Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling. Uh, I know there's probably some politics involved, like the actual politics uh, that we're not going to get into at all. Uh, But there's probably some of that involved with him, plus the steroids. I mean, players from that era outside of Griffey Jr. all unfairly or unfairly have kind of a cloud on them. They do. And Bonds, is he's a home run king, and yeah, he should be there. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. So... Uh, I don't want to end the show on that. So let's find something fun to talk about. 
really quick, and that is uh, be sure to follow us on our Reds Fans Chatter uh, Facebook page and Facebook group. Uh, the, the goal is uh, through this offseason to kind of show videos and stuff of some of your favorite players, post our podcast, and, and uh, much, much more just to, uh, you know, get through baseball when it's 20 degrees outside. It may not be 20 degrees, but it feels like 20 degrees. It's going to be 20 degrees this weekend. I think I heard it may not even get out of the teens overnight. I don't want to hear that. I got one more thing. Okay. Uh, November 15, 1995, Barry Larkin's named National League MVP. Oh, awesome. I, I think that's a perfect way to end the show. And Barry, you're not on the, on the uh, Reds Fest list for broadcasters or alumni. Get to it, Come man. On, Come on, Barry. We want to see you there. (laughs) Until next week, uh, go Reds. Go Reds.